0: Emergency
1: power activate. All right, what's going on? Welcome to the call. My name is Austin Brandt. We're sitting down having some good conversation today. My guest today is Dr. Graui. How are we doing? Hey, good. Good to Happy see to you. Here. Thanks for coming good. on in. I appreciate yeah, it. To my me. left over here is uh, Tim. Tim's going to be uh, sitting in and having a conversation with us today as well. Hey, I wanted to get uh, talking with you. I know that you're the new medical director for Kenosha. Is that correct? Uh, yes, right yeah, on.
2: As of uh, July 1st. That's, That's awesome. awesome.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I got a couple buddies on the department, and uh, they're excited for some new things. And I kind of just wanted to have a sit-down conversation to start off our first episode here. First episode. Um, it's it's exciting, man. Very this exciting. is exciting. There's there's few things that I that I know uh, I'm pretty good at. One of them, blowing around hot air, and you can hear that fan in the background here. I'm gonna be blowing a lot of hot air in here. This yes. pretty warm in what here, so it? again, we're trying to move some air. But um, my first thing that I wanted to get off my chest is. Hey, what's your expectation? Like, if you have some new paramedics coming in for you, I mean, I'm going to come right into it. I, I know, dude. You're not I, even. I'm, I'm not, not giving any room. Like a soft opening room. That's no. right. <laughs> Get
0: to know you. Yeah, going Right for
1: the throat. Because you know, <laughs> right, right as soon as I started, you know, a little background on me. Um, I, I'm a faculty member here at Gateway Technical College, and I, and I just started educating this this new paramedic class. And energy. I mean, that's it's pul- pulsable in the room. You can feel it. Lots of excitement. So. Dr. Grawi, I know we're coming into Kenosha now. What, what would, you, What is your expectation for some, some new people who are coming on or, or a seasoned paramedic who's like, man, I just want to fulfill those dreams and desires of Dr. Grawi?
2: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, what's important to me is just being compassionate and having, uh, you know, good pride in, in what you're doing, you know, and giving back to the community. One of the things I, uh, you know, love so far with my experiences over there are just uh, the just kind of strong sense of community that they have and yeah. uh this big desire to really give back to to the city of kenosha and i think they're just a really great you know fire department i'm really happy to be absolutely able to be with them. yeah
1: you know they're really involved in and in, uh, honestly i have a really close friend who's on kenosha fire department we started out in the internship w- uh, way back in the day you i say that I shout out young, uh, but uh his name's yeah his name's kyle grover <laughs> shout yeah out. Uh, shout out <laughs> to kyle <laughs> grover there uh, but um coming from there into this area now, uh, to the Kenosha area, Racine, the the greater, uh, larger area here that Technical College of uh, Gateway instructs and educates to, um, it is very, very noticed by me that we are involved in Mm. this community, especially, you know, in EMS, we walk right in someone's house on that emergency day, and so I'm thinking to myself, how do we make a bigger, better impact, right? Well, let's have a podcast where we sit down and talk about what can we do and what can we provide to to our community uh, on a better note, right? Doing better. And you said getting involved and, and you see that these firefighters and paramedics are out there. They're on the front lines. So when I think like I show up to the department in the morning uh, and I'm thinking about checking off my equipment and, and thinking about the things that I want to do to set myself up for success in that 24-hour shift, uh, what did you know that impacted you and like your study habits? Because I think in those days of like, yeah, we we kind of get in a routine of setting up and, and getting our rig checked off and get that cup of joe down and see what's on the news and kind of getting ready for those calls, the the potential. But it's those off days, right? Wouldn't you say those off days where we're not, you know, completely checked in, where we should be, you know, training and making sure that we're ready at that moment?
2: What's the tiny things I can do to fix that? Uh, you mean to uh, to kind of stay sharp? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like like the the edge of that sword. Yeah. So I think you know I think nowadays with um, you know social media uh, being what it is, it's really easy to uh, get a lot of good uh, you know good medical uh, go to a lot of places where you can find well digested medical literature. You know, um, I think it's great to pull out research papers and try to figure those out. You know, and and I'm certainly interested in helping anybody kind of work through those. Um, but there are a lot of just great you know blog and and uh, podcasts, you know, to your point about what we're doing here out there, that that really kind of take the papers and and digest them and make them uh, easy easy to read. You know, I, I will say this disclaimer. You know, um, you you know, one of the exercises that I do with the gateway uh, students uh, is I look at um, a couple of the online articles that have reviewed some literature and and really kind of talk about you know whether these are really saying, you know, what the papers actually say, and that it's not always true, um, but I think looking at blogs and social media websites are a great place to start to get some baseline information, introduction to what what's kind of new and hot in EMS and what the literature's showing. If right. I had
1: to sit down, right, and we're looking at Articles and and uh, I'm trying to find some of these. How do you filter through that? You just said like sometimes data and stats aren't exactly as what they're trying to make you believe, right? You can almost make any stats. 80% of what I say right now is maybe 100% true, right? Sure. So right. H- sure. H- on a
0: good day. Right. On yeah. a good day. So how
1: do you how do you get there? How do you get to that moment of like what I'm reading right now must be factual?
2: Yeah. So I think um, I think there are a couple ways to do that. One, I would uh, look at who what's the credibility of who's writing this. You know, if you're right. if you're going to some blog that's you know written by uh, Bye you know, somebody who's in EMT school, they're probably not a good authority on, you know, on medical literature, right? right? right, right. Um, you know, different than somebody who's, uh, uh, you know, a well-known name in in emergency medicine or in medicine in general, or even, a, you know, a paramedic who's been around a long time and has, uh, has some, uh, you know, has a lot of experience. You know, I think looking at uh, how many followers somebody has can be helpful because, you know, if more and more people are buying into that, um, you know, it just might tell you that there's maybe a little more credibility to them. That's not not always true, yeah, that's not always true. And then ultimately what I think it comes down to is, um, you know, reading a blog post, you know, about like a journal that comes out and then getting a hand on, you know, getting a hold of that article yourself and reading it and seeing if you (laughs) agree. You know, if you do that a couple times, then you start to develop a little bit of trust in in any kind of given website or place that you are. So it seems Um, like
1: this this would be more of the crawl aspect, right? If we think about training, like crawl, walk, run. I think a lot of really good conversation happens as we are right now. Sitting down, you know, maybe at the fire table, the EMS table there, and just having a conversation of, I found some stats, I found some data, I found this this topic that I filtered through I think this might be cool to enact right let's have a talk about it then we can walk it through start training hands-on and then when we're running you know doing it at the fast pace hopefully it's you know provided a good ability to enact some change right cuz yeah. I I feel like we see this especially in the EMS setting we see this area of we're trying to progress we're always trying to throw the newest trends the newest things you know I'm sure you've seen drug changes in AHA or through ACLS throughout the years and how do we get to that this works let's continue it or this doesn't work let's stop this
2: yeah so I think uh, that's a great question so a couple things I would say is one if you you know if you're reading some cool blog posts and you think something's really neat you know like engage your medical director about it right because just because you read something online doesn't mean that you can go and you know and do that in the field right um, you know and that's another person who can help you kind of sort through you right. know sort through the research and and uh, look at you know more papers than just that one post that you might have seen um, you know I think I think the other thing to remember is just because something is hot and sexy and new doesn't need mean that it's good or that it's better. Right. You know? Sure. Um, you know, there are a lot of cool things that, that seem cool that come out, but there really isn't necessarily a ton of research to support them. Um, and just going around and, you know, implementing something because you read it on a website once doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be providing to the best care. Right. Not you to know, put anybody
1: you, on blast. Do you have any ideas? Do you have any things that you're thinking about that's something that's a lot of people talk about, but man, there really wasn't anything, you know, validating uh,
2: that. You know, not, not, not anything particular right sure. now, you know, um, but yeah, so I think, I think that's that's important and you know i i, I think just just to look at that you know think about things that that used to be you know in, right. in EMS that we used to do, you know, Immobilize um, everybody. Exactly, right. mobilize everybody. Mass mass pads, all these everybody gets forwards, it, right. mass yeah. pants. Yeah. You know, things come in and out of favor. Um, you know, in time. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what's hot now. You know, that sticks around. We'll see what's hot now that goes away. I mean, one of the things um, that I feel—not not even feel, because
1: I haven't seen any statistics and data on it—but it's always talked about is those auto CPR devices, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm hearing the big emphasis, like let's let's get off the chest or get you off the chest, save some manpower, get doing this. I haven't seen anything, and again, I'll acknowledge, haven't been looking too hard, but an increase in survivability or a more effectiveness of CPR, you know, where's the weight on that? Yeah, you know, so stuff
2: that's, like that. that's a tough, uh, that's a really tough one to talk about, you know, um, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, the a lot of the studies, if you look at all the research behind the big devices and really the only two devices have been exhaustively, I wouldn't even say exhaustively, but have been studied a lot, and that would be the Autopulse and the Lucas, Lucas. Device. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. have been studied more than any of the other ones. Um, so the literature that I know is mostly around those two, and, and really what, what what the big trials and the um, uh, things called like the meta-analysis where they take a, other research and put it together, you know, have kind of showed is, is that there isn't um, any, you know, is that good mechanical CPR is, is probably equivalent to good manual CPR. Okay. I think the things you have to remember are if you look at when they say good manual CPR, that might not be the same as your EMS system. Right. And I don't mean to say that you have a bad EMS system. I'm saying that a lot of the EMS systems that we're testing these out are EMS systems that have big crews with a lot of people. Sure. Right. Well rehearsed, right. good quality, you know, sure. well rehearsed CPR. Right. You know, if you're on an ambulance where it's you and one other person, um, you know, that's not the population that this research study was done. That's in, some right. gangster know? stuff, and yeah. So, so to, to, um, so you know, while you can say that a crew of you know of multiple people can probably perform can perform as good as these mechanical CPR devices, um, you know, you're gonna be kind of having a smaller crew, and you know that that variability of. Freeing up some extra hands is more pertinent when you have fewer people. Sure, right. you know. So I don't think there's literature to say everybody needs to be using these devices. Um, you know, I think there's good research to say that these are these are good. You know, they're safe, right. they work. Um, but whether they're right for you right. for your system is a is a complicated question. Right, you know, yeah. they certainly and are expensive.
0: I'm I'm curious, and I totally agree. I'm I'm very curious to see you know the studies if there are any. I'm trying to Google right now, but. Of how much you know, if I have a Lucas and I get on scene, I realize somebody's in cardiac arrest. I do my ABCs, and then I'm like, okay, they're in cardiac arrest. And then what do I do? I mean, the right thing to do is go right to the chest and have somebody else put the Lucas. But we all know in EMS sometimes, like, well, let me get the Lucas out, and by that time, you know, sure, is there a delayed on, delayed on chest? Time? Yeah, on right. yeah, Yeah, that's one of the things
2: that that's uh, that's a good a good thing you bring up. You yeah. know, um, and yeah, I think. <clears throat> Talk about this for a long time. There are a lot of good points. I think I think the big thing to remember is that you know good good CPR, no matter whether you have a device or not, is about rehearsal, coordination, and doing the same thing over and over right. again. You know, you're right. One of the big issues with any device or any change is that you're going to take a long time to put that device on, especially right. early on in the resuscitation. You know, when when the CPR is is most important. Um, so I think kind of making sure that in places where you have this device, you have a, a very well coordinated um, system. Right. You know, well rehearsed dance. Of of how this goes down every Absolutely. time. Yeah. And let's be honest, so.
1: I mean, the first thing I think about, and when I have used a Lucas device, uh, um Wisconsin skinny, right? Like, does it fit? You know, 5 yeah. to 50 to 500 pounds overweight. What's that term? You know, Wisconsin skinny, I've right? I've heard yeah. that one. Oh, come a, on, I'm Wisconsin. From everybody in Wisconsin so is Wisconsin so skinny. We all carry uh, 10 to 50 to, to 500 oh, okay. overweight. background you know?
0: real quick. I'm from Illinois, so oh, okay. I, I didn't even know what quick trips were. Cheese curds and all that. Cheese curds. Get out of here. We're going to have to have a whole episode. Yeah, we'll okay. bring in the cuisine of Wisconsin. That's right. There was a Kringle? Kringles? Yeah, the Kringle. Yeah, the power ring. Side note, if I stop here for the lingo, I have to ask. I'm clarifying for the rest of the Right, right.
1: Yeah, the Wisconsin skinny. Yeah, that's (laughs) a terminology we will definitely be tossed around. But yeah, you think about like a Lucas device, does it even work? Is it, you know, is it capable to fit your patient? And if, if we rely on this, right, I'm going to rely on this, you know, auto device, and, and you just stated, one of the best things you can do is routinely practice. If I had to pick, a, uh, you know, five things that a, a paramedic agency practices routinely, do you think CPR, communication, you know, is on there, or do you think it's the crike, the intubation, the cool, you know, skills that we're doing, or is yeah. this this is kind of foundation, right?
2: Yeah, well, I think it depends uh, what are you good at. Right, you know? right. So if you're, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's always good to practice CPR. It's always good to practice your cardiac arrest. But if you work in a busy system where you're running arrests on a regular basis, you know, you're getting that practice. Sure, on, yeah, yeah. On, You know, I, w- I don't want to say practice. On real patients, but you're getting enough reps, you know, where you don't have to necessarily spend time in in your uh, refresher courses, you know, practicing the coordination of CPR, you know. But uh, that that might be different in other systems that aren't getting as much as many arrests, where they need to spend more time rehearsing that because they don't do it as much. Absolutely, they
0: use uh, Lucas devices in your ER.
2: Uh, in our emergency department, no. So our yeah. kind of, I, I think we're thinking about it, but. Um, you know uh where i work they right now we have enough staff right okay. so we have yeah. a lot of hands so when you think about kind of what i talked about before when you have a lot of hands you know you 20. don't need the device as much wow. so yeah. uh mm-hmm. you know kind of every situation's a little different i know in uh you know uh, one of the freestanding emergency departments uh that our system has they do have the lucas device you know yeah. their situation's different they don't right. have as, as many staffing absolutely. around so
0: and watch uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh what define the uh, freestanding er because some people might not yeah, know that's what that is yeah a point is
2: yeah so now there are these um they're kind of popping up all over the country but they're basically these um, isolated emergency departments that exist and anybody can go there uh you know walk in ambulances can, can drive patients there and then they can be uh tra- somebody needs to be admitted or go somewhere else they basically get transferred via ambulance to another you know to another hospital so is this an attached to another like quote hospital or you know when i make making a visual is this like an urgent care per se building so they can all be different yeah so there are there are freestanding years that are literally just one building you know i mean one room i mean you know one big area that's the emergency room that's it you know other places have them they're called freestanding because they're not attached to a hospital but they might be attached to a clinic or have an urgent care associated with them so there are a lot of different ways to do it um,
0: and I, I, I mean, there's pros to cons to that, and I'm sure we can get into it. <laughs> I was it, gonna say, was yeah. Yeah, benefit. I wasn't, sh- I wasn't yeah. aware of that too when I'm right. coming up here. Uh, yeah. So it's very unique, and I get it.
1: What would so. be beneficial to that? I mean, it, uh, accessibility. If it's you know, way northern Wisconsin mm-hmm. per right. se, and we don't have hospitals in a, lo- you know, two hospitals in the county, you throw in an emergency room there. And now you have access to healthcare at least. Yeah, that's that's
2: basically the idea is right. that yeah. you have access to emergency, you know, emergency care. You know, you're right. It, uh, it's you know it. Uh, certainly you know you have to kind of weigh it you know when you're uh, from an ems medical director standpoint when you're deciding you know transport protocols you need to kind of look at your system and try to decide what works for you right you know if you have a freestanding emergency department that's Five minutes away from you know a STEMI hospital, um, you know you probably right. don't want to be taking STEMI patients to that freestanding ER. Right, you right, de- right. Well, you definitely don't because right, right. you know if if the freestanding ER is in a STEMI hospital, and then you uh, you know you probably don't want to be taking like your ROS patients to the freestanding right, ER. Right. You know? Absolutely. They they're going to need to be admitted. They're going to need to go to the ICU. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and you don't want to risk putting them back in the having to put them back in the ambulance for another transport right, if you have another problem. Here's hospital, your problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know that's right down the street. So. <laughs> right. No, that's unique. Yeah.
1: Very, very cool. I really enjoyed uh, something that you had mentioned. And uh, I think of this uh, this idea. If I'm brand new on an agency, and I guess this pertains to anybody, right, anybody who is really operating in medicine, sometimes it can be like an elephant, a giant elephant. And I'm thinking, how do I enact some change, right? I see some things that maybe I just don't, uh, I think, are the best or, or most recent. Or maybe I've read some studies, and I validated that this content, this is some good information. And you had said, hey, let's talk to your medical director and see if you can't, A, receive some help making sure validating these statistics and data are true. Uh, But B, you just brought that up, that that is an awesome resource, right? A lot of agencies, or a lot of, all of agencies should have a medical director, but he's a really good resource. He or she's a really good resource to make sure that you're fielding this progressive nature or enacting change in the right area. Is that right? What what, do we, what is your stance on that? On, on people kind of
2: coming out and reaching yeah, out to you? Personally, I think it's great. You know, I think from my standpoint as a medical director, you know, I'm a part of the EMS system. You know, right. it's it's everybody's EMS right. system. Right. So so uh, you know the the more you know people that come forward and say, hey, this is really cool. Let's you know let's look into this a little bit more. Uh, you know, I'm I'm totally supportive of that of engaging. You yeah. know, I think I think that's. Uh, I think that's important and I personally, you know, love, love when that happens. Absolutely, that's so,
1: that first bite. Cause yeah. then I think to myself like, yeah, it may be this big elephant, right? And everybody's yeah. heard it. How do you how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But I really truly think it's that four foot circle, right? Yeah. You know, you can run 50 calls in a day, but your patient doesn't care with those 49 that you ran before, right? They're calling 911 for this call that you're right there. And how can you enact change? It's that four foot circle in front of you. And I think if we continue to have that good idea or, or just that ideology of EMS that that you are here to enact change and you have people in your holster, right? You have your medical director, you have your deputy chief, your EMS chief, someone seasoned on your ambulance crew. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more uh, ownership and you can take hold of that, right? Because, you know, sometimes we find ourselves like, oh, well, it's not in my protocols, right? Or, you know, I I would love to do RSI, but it's not, you know rather than you know sitting and, and wallowing on that have a conversation with your medical director right. you know let's ring them up say, see if you can't find some data that supports your feeling that you have that mm-hmm. you could be doing better
0: does it help that um for those who don't know dr Gray is also gateway um technical college's uh, medical director as well for the ems obviously um just kind of playing into that you know does it you know does it help that you're a medical director for a college too to kind of be open to that because i can you know it's great and i know austin uh, proved that you know agree that we can come to you with anything and you've always been r- open to that yeah, yeah it's great
2: i would say i uh honestly i love uh working with gateway and being the medical director for the for the technical college you know i uh i i Honestly, I love um, some of the question. The hardest questions I've ever gotten asked by EMS providers have literally come from the students in the paramedic <laughs> class. <right>. You know? <laughs> and uh, you know, and I and I get asked a lot of good questions from a lot of good people. But stuff that just like, stumps <laughs> you, the why, really yeah, me yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, because they you know, and it makes sense. They're kind of in the heat of it, you know, learning yeah. all the f- the pathophys sure. and and trying to connect the dots, right? And, you know, more so than you know, people on the field are and uh, um, you know, nothing against people in the field, but you know, when you're learning the pathophys, good good hunger, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That hunger exists. So, um, uh, but yeah, I love it. And I, you know, I think, I think kind of, you know, I'm big on, on a good culture around patient safety. I'm really big on EMS being about, you know, kind of moving toward the future and innovation. And I, I think as a medical director of a, of a technical college of an EMS program, uh, you know, especially where at Gateway where I get to be involved a lot, yeah. um, you know, it lets me uh, kind of start to teach that, you know, at Absolutely, a really yeah. basis. Fingers
1: right on the pulse there. Yeah. You get to see all that, you can enact any change that you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For a student that, uh, you know, you look at the paramedic program, right? And you look at becoming a paramedic or the process of that. You know, it's not an overnight thing. Uh, as I'm talking to a doctor here who went through medical school and doesn't see, right? Like, you got to invest some time,
2: Doctor. I don't know, we we do know, know if you knew yeah. this, but uh, it's uh, kind of tough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hey, Pretty you much a big deal, deal over man. here. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, like. <laughs> Medical school is uh, long it's you know it's uh, it's just time consuming. It's time consuming but I'll tell you man the stuff that these that the paramedic students go through cuz most of them while they're you know while they're in school which is a full-time job in and of itself are also working full-time jobs yeah. and have families and kids and you know it's uh, I can't imagine you know what what the how hard that must be and for, I see and I everybody. see
1: a lot yeah and you know especially in those first first couple months, you know, the hunger will usually uh, push you into, hunger and excitement will get you through quite a bit. But then, you know, you find yourself in that time management. You've ran a lot of calls. We're in the middle of clinicals and, oh, this stuff is just not making sense. And I don't have enough hours in the day. So then I think to myself, and I I have my answer, but I'm looking for yours. What can I do every day, right? You know, in a perfect world, we could say like study seven hours, right? Never leave your room. But how does one um, look towards and remind themselves of enacting change in that four foot circle? How can you do that as a student for yourself?
2: Yeah, and I'd like to hear, you know, your guys' you know, answer uh, to this, too. You know, I did go through EMT school, but certainly didn't go through, you know, paramedic school. So, um, you know, I think to, to be successful and look at how to do well in school and, uh, you know, I guess enact change around you, it's all about um, asking a lot of questions, you know, of those around you, your teachers, your, you know, your preceptors, everybody you're, you're working with Um, because everybody has a different perspective from the different experiences that they've had you know um i think it's also about reading about things that you see you know nothing is going to stick in your mind harder uh, than seeing somebody that hey your first patient that has a really bad you know chf exacerbation taking it all in honestly having it's good to when that happens have your preceptor kind of ex- show you right. every little thing that you should notice right. and then going home and reading about it you know right. that's Studying that's up. how it sticks really well it's one thing to read it in a book but Sponged you know yeah it it's Absolutely. so different i totally agree with
0: that and i was that was Kind of would be my advice for success is just reading everything and, and you know we learn but you know you read everything on everything you can come across to understand a right there's a difference between learning yeah. and understanding and obviously like like doc said you know getting so much information thrown at you however you know taking that information and also learning more you know kind of the whole circle like you said sure. it really in, in reading the blogs and everything else will just help everyone you know each student kind of challenge yourself understand CHF and, and understand why it's happening a little bit further if they do more research you on know it.
1: I think of I think of two things when I when I hear that and if any of my students are listening out there they'll definitely know, you know they've heard this one ring true but you know in the morning and at night right you have uh, two opportunities that you head off into the restroom and hopefully are doing at least one productive thing in there right <laughs> but the second productive thing that we're usually doing is trolling through that Twitterverse on that old Instagram, doing some double taps with a heart, throwing out some validation, and and honestly, I think that's <laughs> I really... remind
0: me not to touch yeah. your
1: phone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But I think yeah, to I'm myself, a that's a really good opportunity. You know, as soon as I wake up, and as soon as I go to bed, I try to look for something to challenge myself. Right? You know, like this morning I I woke up and I was thinking to myself, the last time I had seen a video or even reviewed breath-holding spells in infants, right? Man, that can get really scary and I bet that's scary for parents and looks a lot like a seizure. And just putting that into my brain or even going over NRP or things that, you know, like, yeah, this conversation isn't happen, er, happening every day. I would love if it did, but I know how many hours are in a day. So I think to myself, that's where enacted change happens. You got 365 days in a year, right? And yeah, I'm sure I'm going to set aside large portions and I'm always going to re- be reviewing, you know, vlogs and videos. But if I can do this almost every day, right? That's my career. This is my passion. How much better are you
2: getting in those moments, yeah. right? I just want to point out that Austin just said that enacted change happens while you're sitting in the back <laughs> yeah, That's, that's right.
0: where it starts, it people. Yeah. That's where it starts. I can see the comments now. <laughs> 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 Podcast is trash. You're talking about being on toilet. No, let me right. ask you this. I'm, I'll ask you guys both this, because I know I wasn't like this. You know, you're always talking about improving, your your mindset's always improving. How can I get better, maybe uh, you know, I, obviously academia-wise. How can I be a better practitioner? Absolutely. How can I be a better husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever have you? Have you always been like that, Let more specifically when you were in medical school or in your paramedic? You know, were you always a sponge? Ooh. You know what? You know, what, what or, or if you weren't, yeah. what really upticked it?
1: Honestly, you know, that was my second portion that okay. I, I, I 100% think that it's uh, all about the environment. You have to have a complete and utter... Um, Comfortability with failure. You have to have yeah. a cultivated environment where you have no fear of failure. And if you can fail at 100%, fall right on your face, and someone you know doesn't keep your head down underneath the water and, and pulls take ownership you up, too, right? take ownership You own it. That. Hey, I had no yeah. idea what CHF was, Doctor okay. Ravi. Okay. I, I have no idea. Right. That is an educational moment. You have identified a place where you suck. Yeah, let's get better, right? right. You've identified the thing that, like, yes, this is now something I can educate you on. You've improved. It's, it's literally tangible that I've improved myself or if I yeah 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 I knew that CHF <laughs> uh, did you hear what Tim did on the call yesterday no yeah, right. you're, yeah you're deflecting so that's what I did I, I had a really good environment especially as an intern in an internship where A was competitive so you always wanted to beat somebody else so you're always right. looking you're to always get just be a, a little bit yeah. up on and someone you don't ever
0: do anything wrong exactly yeah. Exactly.
1: but you know honestly it was having uh, shout out to Kyle again you know I was having, <laughs> having having these <laughs> individuals <laughs> right yeah. sounds awesome it was having these people around me that you know Allowed me to fail at a hundred percent. Right. Not not hurt anybody. Not do anything harmful. But you know, really gave me the capability to feel that I was operating at the best of my abilities, and I can improve it if I made an error. Right. What do you think, Doctor Rowley?
2: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. You know, I think uh, two points. So, one, I, first I want to echo everything that that you just said. You know, um, being comfortable failing is important. You know, I think I think what we need to remember is that. It's very easy in in training to compare yourself to other people, right. mm-hmm. you know, and in life, and, and in life, yeah. yeah, and it's just not realistic, you know. Um, if you go to your clinical in the ER, you know, let's say we're all well, three of us are new paramedic students, you know, um, we each go to our first clinical in the emergency department. You know, while Tim's there, uh, you know, he sees three cases of CHF, right, and he learns CHF really well. Austin goes and he sees three cases of COPD, you know, and then I and then I go into my clinical and I just see a lot of trauma, you right. know? Um, and when we go to that next lecture on respiratory and it's on COPD, Austin's going to know probably right. all the answers, right? Yeah, He's right. going to be crushing it. I'm going to feel like an idiot because <laughs> <Right>. I, <laughs> I do not right. see yeah. any of that, right. you know, because right. I'm going to be like, Oh, Austin knows this. Should I know right. this? You know, right. but that's not true. Like, you know, you guys have had different experiences, you know, you have, you have learned differently from what you have seen, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I think it's important to remember that we all have things to learn from each other. You know? right. Um, and I think my other point would be To Tim's question about being a sponge, it's, I just also want to hit home the realisticness of how um, this kind of desire to learn everything you can just ebbs and flows. You know, uh, You know people, especially, you know, like we talked about in medic school, you're working a lot in school, you know, you have things outside of school, other, you know, jobs, family, you know, days when you're just burned out, you know, you shouldn't feel bad that you are having a hard time studying. You shouldn't feel bad that you don't, don't yeah. have that right. that drive. Really you know? right. absolutely. Um, you know, and then it takes, you know, I remember in, in medical school, one of the issues with medical school is you just spend a lot of time at the beginning not doing any clinical work uh you know it's all academia yeah it's all academics and you kind of lose sight of you know why you're missing these like you know family birthday parties and and uh, when you're not learning that and nothing would kind of revitalize me like just going to like work in a clinic for tonight you know for a night and and or even talking to some peers so so um making that connection yeah making that connection with kind of why you're doing what you're doing (laughs) yeah absolutely so
0: yeah and another thing to kind of remember is like or to your point is that, you know, you're so busy, you're trying to learn, you don't know why you can't sit down in front of a computer screen after being out of high school or whatever for so long, and you go to paramedic school and, like, why can't I understand? Uh. Why can't I just sit down and understand this? Well, it's adult learning, right? you know, and you got to realize that adult learning um, means that you can't do more than four hours. (sighs) If anything, take up, take a break. And then you hit it tomorrow. Or, Shake out the cloud. You know, sh- yeah. 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 Because there right. is such thing as uh, content overload. So right. Just, you, right. Sometimes you just get, and you have to understand that and work around it. Like for me, whenever I'm really trying to learn something, I, I hit it for about a good four hours. And then once I start realizing that I'm not retaining, just walk away from it, you know, yeah. and, and come at break. it later. Yeah. And yeah. I think
1: you brought up a really good point, Tim. I, I also think that what's right close, right behind that, is you know, the idea of the juice is worth the squeeze, right? right. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what you were mentioning is what reminded you, you know, the, I'm here for these patients. You know, I, I do love learning, I'm sure, and I'm sure you love literature, but I think you're in this field, I think we're all in this field, uh, to provide that care, to be humans, you know, right. to actually help and, and cause that. And I think that's why I try to study as hard as I can, to be up on you know, the current trends and data, because it's validating for yourself. On well, those days you are exhausted when you're you know you're working your 10 clinicals in a row and you haven't been home for holidays or whatever. It's when you do and, and when that happens, I'm studying so hard so I can feel that that juice is going to be worth it. Right. All this effort I'm yep. putting in, I'm going to be a heck of a paramedic. I'm going to be one heck of a doctor. These things, I'm putting the effort now. You and I ha-
0: think- yeah, you have to have the ability to look for in the future. Like well, This is going to pan out. I'm working this hard for a reason, and you know I, I like helping people and, and having that as a motivator. We're only the one motivation. species, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. only the
1: one species in the we're world, right. right? That has the the ah delayed gratification, right? right? We're willing to put stuff that's... way far away, suffer now, a long time. Yeah. Right. Um, you had mentioned earlier uh, the basis, like the the BLS uh, care, and I think that's one thing in EMS we're very good at I think we at least strive to make sure you know it's through our patient assessment right we have a good primary assessment that you know emphasizes look for those critical life's injuries or or presenting um, pathologies and fix them CPR how do I Tell someone, right? I'm walking in and I kind of try to tell my students, you know, if I look at Dr. Grawe and he's been, you know, just working this code, working this code, working this code and I look and I see like, man, I don't think you're doing good compressions. I'm brand new that might be a little difficult for me to look at you and say like hey I think you need to do better I try to teach students like stats and data you know And it seems like this is the the current trend today that we're talking if you want to enact change you gotta make sure it's factual and data driven well you know what things do I do on CPR do I have good adequate pulses with compressions what's my end title do I have my minimum levels that I need how do I do this on like I said a uh, maybe a little bit broader scale maybe with studying or or on my agency how do I keep these BLS versions these things that we should be really good at what's some things to keep in mind in the classroom I guess is where I want to get to
2: yeah so I think First thing, um, you know, the important uh, your your question about how do you give feedback, you know, to somebody to say, hey, you're not doing a good job on CPR, you know, especially when that somebody is your superior, you sure. know. So right. I think I think one of the um, important things is just a good culture around safety, right? So you want to um, have some uh, be somewhere with good like crew resource management where you know everybody feels comfortable talking to everybody, no matter what the rank is. You Absolutely. know, you leave your pride at the door and you feel comfortable. And that, that's and that, a culture, though. That's a right. culture. That's yeah. a culture. And it's if you a have, have a good culture, culture. yeah, Ooh. yeah, that's yeah.
0: and it's 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 yeah, that's its own thing. We just just yeah, you could just right? still yeah, remember why you're here, right? Yeah, remember that. Why are we doing this?
1: Is it right. for myself or is it that yeah, person that. who's down there that needs my well, help? Yeah,
0: for, and furthermore, just like you know, yeah, exactly. You know, we're here for the patient. We, right. you mm-hmm. know, and and just the rank doesn't. You know, you have to have open communication. And once, yeah, you know, like I said, once you're in a bad situation, you're bad maybe agency or something where they have bad culture it's, it's contagious man
2: yeah and it's terrible yeah so you're right i mean the culture is a huge thing you know and, and, uh, and that's something that i know that we try to teach you know at gateway in our in our students you know right. they're all running simulations we talked about reasons why it can be embarrassing to you know make mistakes in front of other people but ha- creating a, a a good culture where people feel comfortable making those mistakes right. and being called out on that you know right. in a professional way Absolutely. is uh, is important You know, I think I think the way you word things is important too. You know, it's one thing to say, "Hey, you know, hey, idiot, you know, what are you doing?" You (laughs) know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) brainstem engaged because I don't think it is.
2: It's a little (laughs) different than being like. <laughs> hey, I noticed, you know, hey, I noticed you're, it uh, you know, looks like you might be getting a little tired, you know, do right. you need to switch out? Or, yeah, or hey, I noticed the end title's falling, you know, maybe our compressions aren't as good quality, right. you know. Right. Or, uh, you know, there are a lot of different ways of saying something, and how you're going to say it is going to depend on the culture, absolutely. you know, where you are. Right. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think, I think EMS, EMS, under no culture you should right, be yeah, writing over, it. <laughs> yeah, I think with the new
0: HA guidelines and open communication, I think EMS has improved. I think the thing is we got to remember that EMS is a profession, and it's not just a yeah, good old boys or good old girls club. We we have to be professionals. We had to, and being professional is communicating professionally. Absolutely right
1: i think having that that freedom you know and and i think having the freedom to operate the way that we should as a professional right the expectation that we have we're here for the patient Mm -hmm. and i think if we operate underneath those two things right there i don't think you make a decision that's uh harmful i don't think you make a decision or operate you know out of own ego because if i want to i'm a big fan and big proponent of if i want to enact change i better be at the front if I'm, if I'm telling uh, tim to you know you need to b- work better on your compressions you better know all your drips i better be right front there and and i enjoy that i enjoy a good leader who's if we're willing to you know have some sort of change or we want to do better I learn right best by someone being there side by side, you know, in the trenches with me. Right. Um, yeah. How involved uh,
2: do you get with like training in each one of your departments, Dr. Growey? Yeah, so I think it's, uh, you know, that's certainly one of the roles as a medical director is to oversee the training. Um, you know, in uh, in places where I've, uh, you know, kind of worked before um, and other experiences I've had, you know, I think ultimately the the minimum role that any medical director can play, and this doesn't necessarily to anywhere I've worked before, but if you look at the requirements, it's just kind of signing off on training, sure. you know. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of a tough thing, uh, you know, because you're always trying to balance um, every other responsibility that you have, you know. Um, you know, in some systems it might be, uh, it might be work better to have a medical director who's doing literally all the lectures, all the training, you know, and I know one individual who does that. You know, and in another system it might just work better to have instructors who kind of do all the training, um, you know, exclusively, and then maybe there's kind of a mixture of both, you know. So I think there are a lot of good uh, different ways to. To, to be involved um, as a medical director, but, it is, yeah. I really do uh,
1: appreciate your accessibility. You know, yeah. anytime I need to get a hold of you, I can th- oh, shoot thanks. you an email, yeah. shoot you a text, and and the organizations I've worked in, it is, I mean, not all of them exist like that. You know, and, and I think that
0: well, something yeah, because it may be for you know maybe they also just have a medical directors can also for have this certain. huge, yeah, well, that's huge what I'm saying, you know, it's nice to see
1: the priority in, yeah. in accessibility because, um, you know, you start juggling many, many hats, you know, you need right. to focus your efforts and interests in different areas. Um, that brings me to the next question. So where where can we find you? Where can we see you? We can see you sometimes at Gateway Technical College, you know, working on, there as medical director. Yeah. But you so we also, room,
2: yeah? yeah, we also talked about uh, uh, Kenosha, the city of Kenosha, and okay. then um, I uh, work for the Medical College of Wisconsin. I work in the emergency department at uh freighter hospital up in oh, milwaukee right that's level one tra- um, uh, trauma low, yeah level yeah. one trauma center oh, all somewhere right. between 90 and a hundred thousand visits a year oh wow um and we have uh yeah big emergency department you know and uh a lot, of, a lot of teaching happens there. We have a lot of, a lot of students, and you know, we have Gateway students that come in and work with us a little bit, too. Uh, it's a great, great place to learn, great place to work. Great. Yeah, that's great. awesome. Yeah, so we can yeah. see
1: you out in the community and in many different facets. You're wearing many different hats. Yep, right on. Yep. <laughs> all right. So if someone sees you out there, they're going to come up and shake your hand and say hi. Uh, yeah. and you can do the same thing with both me and Tim. Uh, we have our offices at the Hero Building at Gateway Technical College. That's where all of our EMS classes are out of. Uh, once again, I just want to throw a quick thank you to WGTDFM, powering our podcast here. This is the first Woo. one we're throwing out in the old ether <laughs> no, out there. Yeah, right. out in the world, the internet. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions for us as we continue on, I wanna thank our first guest here, Dr. Drawie He is gonna be returning. We're gonna have uh, a oh, couple yeah. different episodes yeah. as we move forward. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions for us here for the podcast, uh, you can shoot those to emspodcast at gtc.edu. Uh, we're accepting any and all questions that you have there. Uh, head on over to our socials as well, Facebook. You can find us there at... Uh, uh,
0: Gateway Technical College EMS
2: Program. All right, yeah. thank you
1: so much. Dr. Grawi, I appreciate you coming in yeah, again Today. thank you so you much know, and uh
2: well, yeah look forward to what else you guys will come up with and what other <laughs> ideas that other people you know would like to see
1: absolutely so, yeah look forward we're gonna have some more yeah. guests on we're gonna continue having some nice deep discussions about uh what we can enact and you know basically just concept of doing better you know how always we can get out there and do yeah. better that's right so can
2: we close on one note so we are starting you know a new paramedic uh, class yeah. we just had orientation this past week starting up in a couple weeks here yep. um you know for On a closing note for those new paramedic students, what's one piece of advice you would give them starting out? Ooh, starting I'll go last.
0: School? <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Austin? Well, yeah, one closing piece. You know, yeah. I, that's, that's one thing that I, I, as an educator, if I look at my you know, global intent, I want to connect but be the most vulnerable as possible. And I want you to know that I don't have uh, short term memory, right? Like I, I really like to remember what it's like to be that EMT student, to be excited. And, and the first day they show up, I always ask this. This is my wonderful little line. I say, why is everybody here? Right? And if anybody tells me they're here to help, right? And help someone, I'm gonna stick my hand down my throat and throw up on the ground. And then everybody looks at me like what? Because we're all here for that, right? Everybody here, we rose our hand, threw it up in the sky and said, send me, I want to be there so my anxiety should not outweigh my desire to be there when it happens right my desire i want to be there on the worst day of someone's life so stay hungry that's my that is my one suggestion in those moments of fatigue mental physical whatever it may be stay hungry because you had the same desire and that's why i validate your desire to be here and to help but but I also validate your hunger that should not diminish, that should outweigh your tiredness, that should outweigh uh, anything else, really. That's what makes you a good provider.
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. That's uh, I regret uh, going last. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, everything he said, obviously. Uh, but I would also say, like, you know, a few things. One, understand what you're getting into, all right? Um, if If... if if you're busy all the time and your schedule's crazy, and you just can't, you have family obligations. Maybe a paramedic class isn't for right. you right now. However, you know, understanding that time management is the biggest one. And I think we talked about it in our orientation. I'm just going to echo it. So, you know, you said it like 20 times now get your organization of your uh, calendar in order understand that you're going to have a big in classroom time commitment you're going to have clinical time commitment you're going to have hps time uh, commitment uh understand that and scheduling it accordingly and also scheduling yourself time understanding that you need to schedule family time right Uh, that would be my biggest one and then like i said before being a sponge soak it up everything you can this should be your life for the next ten months, it's right? It's not a hobby. It's not yep. yeah, it's yep. not that's I like that. It's yep. not a hobby. Um, going on the toilet and reading stuff like Austin <laughs> <Right>. said. <laughs> that's right. That's but where but change no, happens. Be about it all the time. And understand you're not perfect. You're gonna make mistakes. And I think the one bad thing we have in paramedic in general, is that we feel like we have to be perfect. I'm better in Austin. I can't be, you know, I don't mess up at all. Right. And when I do, it's catastrophic and I, I'm out of work. You know, I can't operate for the next three days. But understanding you're not perfect and trying to improve, like, like kind of the theme here. So
2: Yeah, great point. See, I think, um, you know, everything you said was great. You know, everybody's a lifelong learner in medicine. You know, right. the book is, is just not realistic with what truly disease presents like and i know EM people that have been doing this for you know been a em physician my my mentors for 20 plus 30 years and they're still learning more every day and right. they're amazing doctors right, you know right. um and the same goes for for great paramedics um you know and and to your point about scheduling tim like it is not even though it sounds silly it is not silly to put on your calendar like family time, you know, or, you know, like personal me time, like, you know, you have to literally schedule everything because next thing you know, that time that you said, oh, this is going to be two hours where I'm just going to be to myself quickly be, bleeds into something else that right. you weren't wanting Prioritize to do. Prioritize yourself. So, yeah, right. just like you make that calendar and you say, this is when I'm going to study uninterrupted. You need to have a little bit of time yourself. This is where I'm watching The says, Bachelorette. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> That's <yep. enough. laughs> absolutely. is good this year. It's exactly. good. Well, yeah. thank you again. I really yeah. appreciate it, Dr. Grawway. Yeah, I look forward for having to me. having thanks. a couple more conversations yeah, in the definitely. future. Yeah, thank yeah, you again to everybody fun. here
1: at WTGD- WGTD-FM and uh, look forward to us and uh, find us on all of our podcast apps, Spotify, and anywhere else. Great.
0: Thanks. Yeah, thank you.